started a series called Pride and Prejudices because we just don't have one prejudice, we have many. And uh, the title of my message this morning was, Help Me, I've Got a Pride Problem. How many would admit that they struggle with pride from time to time? Anybody admit? Uh, the rest of you are liars. And because uh, each and every one of us, you know, have the, has this natural gravitational pull towards pride. Uh, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, it's in our sinful nature. It's in our makeup. We want attention. We want, you know, people to focus on us. You know, in fact, our life in a lot of places is all about us. It's about self. And 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 there's this natural gravitational pull that we've we've got to address. And the only way that we can address it is through the cross of Jesus Christ. What He accomplished on the cross and. And uh, that's why Jesus said, hey, if you're going to be my follower, what I want you to do is I want you to deny yourself and I want you to take up your cross daily. Somebody say daily and, and follow me. And for us to do that, it, it takes humility. It takes humility of heart. But what humility does is it accesses grace. Come on now, how many want more of God's grace in their life? Yeah, and, and for us to understand, you know, the destructive power of pride is we've got to, we've got to really understand how God views it. And, and quickly, I just want to read out a few verses. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16, this is how God views pride. He says, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Detest. You know, in other words, he looks upon it as, that's ugly. I, I can't look at that any longer. I'm going to turn my attention somewhere else. Come on, if we want the attention of God in our life, we've got to address the pride in our heart. God detests the proud of heart, and be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Later on in verse 18, it says, Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, I like how the message version puts it, it puts it like this, first pride, then a crash. That's going to happen. If you got pride, if you maintain pride, you hold on to it, it's going to lead to a crash. I could go through story after story of how that's eventuated in people's lives and even in the Bible. Pride, then a crash, and it says the bigger the ego, the harder the fall. You know, like what my wife says, you know, don't let your ego become your amigo. Uh, don't, don't let it, you, you've got to get rid of pride. Pride is a destructive force. You know, if we look in the New Testament, we find in the book of James, James says this, and, and first Peter, uh, Peter also talks about it, but we'll just look at James. He says, but he gives more grace, more grace. That's what the scripture says. You know, God, he, what, he, let's say this all out loud. He, oh, that was pathetic right there. God, what, what does he do? He, the proud, and he gives or grace to the humble. Uh, he, he opposes. In other words, when you have pride in your heart, you're putting God on the opposing team. You don't want God in the opposing team. If you're playing a game, you're going, you want God on your side. Uh, you think of the greatest player on the face of the earth, you, know, you want him on your team. You don't want him in the opposition. And God opposes the proud. He's not just neutral. He just doesn't stand and observe. He says, no, I oppose. I resist the proud. You know, you think uh, you know, of somebody on earth who has all the resources you know, that anybody could ever have. 
Uh, you know, think of somebody like the President of the United States. You know, they have a lot of power at their disposal, a lot of resources. They have the red button. They can push the button, nuke anyone, different things like that. You know, if they didn't like you, if they happened to not like you and they wanted to resist you, how many know they have a lot of resources to do so? Uh, you know, they could tap your phone, they could, you know, they could stop your bank accounts, they could do a whole lot of things to, to actually resist you being successful. Now, now think, President of the United States, you wouldn't want that, you know, somebody like that. But, but think of God with all his resources opposing you. God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Come on, uh, we want God's grace. And, and that comes from a humility of heart. Just quickly, two definitions. When it comes to pride, pride is simply independence from God. You and I were designed to live dependent on God. That, that's not a sign of weakness. You know, it's a sign of completeness. Yeah, there's a difference. You know, you wouldn't say to a fish, you know, oh, water's just a crutch. Yeah, you know, it's just a crutch. You know, why are you relying on water? No, a fish was designed to live in water. You know, many people say, oh, Christianity is just a crutch. You know, how I many know electricity isn't a crutch to a home appliance? It's needed as part of its design. And, and so, so, so relying on Christ is not, not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of completeness. Yeah, it's in the words of Jerry Maguire, God completes you. Well, he didn't say that. I added the God part. But, but he, he, completes, he completes you. And, and we're designed to live dependent on God. But pride says, oh, I don't need God. I'm all right, I got this. See, today we, we can be saved and we can give our hearts to Jesus, but we can go through our daily lives going, I don't need God. Like when you don't pray in the morning, that's what you're saying to God. You may not vocalize it, but what you're saying is, God, I don't need you today. I got that meeting sorted. Yeah, I, I got my marriage sorted. Yeah, yeah, all good. I can work this out by myself. Uh, I can do this. And as we established this morning, pride is simply trusting in our own strength. Where humility is saying, I need you, God. In fact, pride, if it's independence from God, humility, the definition is simply saying or saying yes to God or agreeing with God. Now, oh, but I don't even understand what God's up to. Well, it doesn't matter. Just say yes. That's humility. You, you don't have to understand. You know, too many people are trying to intellectualize God. But if you try and understand God in your mind, that means God can't be bigger than your mind, which isn't that smart. You know, it, it, it's, it's like, you know, I don't understand, but because I want to walk with the spirit of humility, I'm just going to say, yes, you're God. Yeah, your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher than mine. I'm just going to say, yes. Humility is just saying, yes. God, you say, yes, reading in the Bible, yes, yeah, yes, yes, to God, it's agreeing with God, how many know if God's called you to do big things, it's just saying, yes, you know, if God's calling you to, you know, reach your friend, yes, if God's calling you to, you know, to give something, yes, humility is just saying yes to 
God. You know, one of the things that pride really obstructs is our worship. And, and before sin you know, entered the world, sin happened in heaven first. Many people think Adam and Eve were the first sinners. No, there was a sinner before that, and it didn't happen in the garden. It happened in heaven. And, and we're going to look at, at Lucifer because uh, Lucifer, through pride, became the devil. You know, pride is what made the devil the devil. And, and we are subject to some of his same thoughts. And, and so we're, we're just going to look at the Bible and, and look at his journey, Lucifer's journey. You know, he is originally an angel in heaven, but this is how he fell. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, it says, How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning. How you are cut down to the ground, for you have weakened the nations. For you have said in your... Where have you said it? You said it in your heart. So you may not vocalize it, but you've said it in your heart. And, and when it comes to pride, it's more what you say to yourself. It's what you say in your heart. Uh, that really matters. He said, you know, he said, I will ascend to the heaven. Now, now notice all the up words here. It says, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Uh, I will also sit on the mount. Mounts are high. Uh, of the congregation of the farther sides of the north. I, I, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. And I will be like the most high. Yeah, five times, just in a few verses. I will, I will ascend. And I will be like the most high. But verse 15, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lost pit, to the depths of the pit. Now, now, that word will actually means desire. Many people say, oh, I struggle with God's will. Well, what you've got to know is just God's desire. God's, what's God's desire? Because when you know God's desire, you know His will. And you can see Satan's desire here. What's his desire? His desire is to be lifted up. I want to be lifted up. I want to be high. I want to be seen. I want to be exalted. I want to be worshipped. How many know those characteristics, those desires are rampant in the world around us today? Just look at reality TV. Look at me, look at me. You know, I want to be noticed. I want to be seen. I want to be lifted up. I, I want everybody to admire me. I, I want everybody to recognize me. Uh, it, it's all around us. You know, but clearly then, then, then Lucifer says, I, I, I want to be like God. And I want people to worship me. Do you, do you know you and I are born with this nature? You know, it's within us. We've got this natural gravitational pull towards pride. It's it. It's just focus on me. Focus on me. Me. Attention to me. Self-centered. You know, it's, it's all about self. Insecurity. What does insecurity focus itself on? Self. It focuses on your deficiency. Your lack, but, but it's self-centered. See, we're born with this fallen nature, and, and you don't need to do anything to go towards pride. But humility is a, is a decision of your will. It's a, de a decision of your will. Now, if I was to be really blunt, you know, you and I weren't born, born with a fallen nature. We're actually born with a satanic nature. We were saying, look at me, I want to be seen, I want to be lifted up, I want to be exalted, I want to be worshipped. Uh, come on, before we came to Christ, the most important person in our life was us. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> it, it, it was us. 
and some of us still have that residue. Now, prove it. Well, just look at when you're going through photos, who are you looking for? You. You know, you scroll through, but the one you're on, uh, you're, you're stopping and you focus on how you look, how you... It's you. But when you're born again, things change. You become like Christ. And if you look at Christ and how he operates, he never drew attention to himself. And in fact, he always put attention on the Father. Oh, the Father's doing this. I'm just doing what the Father told me to do. The Father, the Father. You know, and there's one who's coming after me, the Holy Spirit. So, so it's focused. The Godhead, how the Godhead worked, they, they would just defer to one another. The Holy Spirit, you know, would be there to lift up the Son. Yeah, and, and there was just this thing. If we could imagine a conversation in heaven, it would be like, you know, hey, you're awesome, you're amazing. And they'll go, no, you're amazing, you're amazing. It, it, it would be this. And, and that's how you and I are supposed to work. It's not about us. Welcome to Equipus Church. This is not about you. It's not about you. This is about God. And the more we become like Christ, the more we don't want the focus of our attention to be on us. In fact, that our focus and our attention goes on God and others. How do you know if you've got pride in your heart? It's all about you. You know, some of you right now, it's like, how do I look? What are people thinking about me? They're not even thinking about you. You know, it, it, it's all shout. But, but if we can put our attention on God and others, it's amazing how in that place we'll access grace. Desire, Satan's desire before we are even here was to be lifted up. Now, just take note in verse, verse 11, uh, you know, it says, Your pomp and your, uh, you're brought down to Sheol, and the sound of your stringed instruments. So within uh, Lucifer were stringed instruments. Now, now, I just want you to take notice of that. Now, now I want you to go over to Ezekiel 28. It's a prophecy to the king of Tyre, but he's actually speaking about, the, he's speaking about Lucifer, and you'll see it plainly in this passage of Scripture. In verse 11, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You, every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald, and with the gold. The, the, the workmanship of your timbles and pipes, it talks about. Notice that, stringed instruments, timbles, and pipes, was prepared for you on the day that you were created. So he was created. It's, I'm not talking about uh, Jesus or anybody. It's talking about a created being, being uh, a cherub. It says, you were anointed cher uh, cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God, and you walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created. Till, somebody say till. Until iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with, uh, with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. From the midst of the fiery stones. Here, it gives a picture of what Lucifer was like. He was beautiful. You know, within him, he had symbols. He had, within him, he had pipes. Within him, you know, he had stringed instruments. Now, when it comes to instruments, they can 
fall into those three categories. You know, you have your, your wind instruments, you have your stringed instruments, and you have your, your percussion instruments. Uh, and within a, Lucifer was designed as the one who was in charge of worship. Now, now in the Bible, there's, there's three archangels. Uh, there's Michael, there's Gabriel, and there's Lucifer. So, so Lucifer was actually one of the archangels who had authority, and they had authority over different things. God gave them different roles. Now, when it came to, to uh, uh, Gabriel, he ruled over the word. So anytime you saw Gabriel in the Bible, he was announcing the word of God. He did that to Mary. He did that to Zacharias. He would announce the word. When you see Michael in the Bible, he was all about prayer. So, so when he shows up in Daniel, he's actually bringing answers to prayer. That, that, that's what, what he's doing. Now, Lucifer, he was in charge of worship. Now, within any one of our services, we've always got three components. And that's not just because well, we thought, oh, it's a good idea to do. You know, I, I think you know, what we've got to understand in the kingdom, worship, the word, and prayer are critical. That's why every time we get together, we have an element of, of worship, we have an element of preaching the word, and we have an element where we're praying and believing, believing God. So worship, word, and prayer. And these, these three angels were responsible for those things. But how many know Gabriel lost his place? No, Lucifer, should I say. I'll get that right. Lost his place. And he lost his place, by, by, verse 16 says, by the abundance of his trading. You became filled with violence, and you sinned. You know, in Old King James, that word trading means merchandising, which simply means, if you unpack it, it means to clip the ticket. So, so worship was meant to flow through Lucifer, and it was meant to bring glory to God. But on the way through, Lucifer began to clip the ticket and say, I'll take some of that worship for myself. Uh, that's what somebody does when, when they clip the ticket. It's like I sell something to Matt for $10. He sounds, uh, sells it on to more for $25. You know, on sells it, what profit does he make? He makes a $15 profit. He clips the ticket on the way through. You know, when it comes to worship, only God is worthy of worship. How many know we all worship? You're all great worships. Worshippers, this is my fourth service. You're all good worshippers. It's just a matter of what you're worshiping. I went to an English Premier League match just last week. Got an executive box tickets, favor of God. You know, I was sitting next to the FD and, you know, and sitting there. And, you know, the English by nature, I've got Tom and Anna on the front row. They've just come over from England. Uh, but, but by nature, that, that conservative. You know, it's like, hello, the queen is like, you know, but, but you put them in a, a football match. It's, it's like, man, it's different people. And I, I ask myself the question, who's the true English? Johnny, who, who's the true one? He's another Englishman. Who's true? The, the guys at the football match or, or the ones who are, you know, stiff up a lip, uh, prim and proper? You know, who's, who's, who's the real English? It's like football draws something out of them. Man, there's an amazing worship at a football match. Yeah, there's amazing worship at a concert. At Wembley Stadium, you know, amazing worship. It's just that they're worshiping different things. Some of it, well, worship, it's just not, uh, not in my personality. It's not a personality thing. 
yeah, you worship. You get, what do you get excited about? See, we're all created to worship. It's just a matter of who and what we worship. And, and, and where we've got to be careful is, is, is that, that we give back to God what is His. Because He's the only one who's worthy of worship. And you and I are designed and created to worship God. Uh, Lucifer, he clipped the ticket. He wanted some for himself. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. If you're being blessed by God, how many have been blessed by God? Come on, I'm blessed. You're, you're blessed. We're all blessed. Here's the thing. Every blessing in your life that you don't turn to praise turns to pride. That, that's why worship on a Sunday morning is important. That's why devotion every day is important. Because because if something good has taken place in your life that day and you don't turn that blessing into praise, into worship, it'll quickly turn into pride. See, we're the world, you know, we're stuffed up right now simply because we've got a whole lot of glory hunters around. And glory, they're looking for glory. They're looking for the attention on self. And, you know, it's, it's, it's glory, glory. Yeah, glory can be addictive. But you and I are not designed to, to hold glory. Glory will stuff you up more than anything else. If you hold on to it, we're meant to allow God's glory to flow through us. Uh, flow through us. Yeah, uh, that's why God says, I won't share my glory with another. See, 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 what a lot of people do today is, you know, they, they get used by God or, you know, they've got a gift. We're all being gifted by God. Here's the thing with a gift. It's a gift. That gift says nothing about you. But it says everything about the giver, the one who gave it to you. Just because you can play, sing, just because you can administrate, just because you're good at cooking, hospitality, you know, a whole lot of things. That, that's nothing to do with you. That's everything to do with God. But where we take our gift and we use it, you know, to get our identity and, and we use it to, to, to make us feel good, we're in danger. See, any gift that God's given us is there to glorify Him. Now, what are you using your gift for? It's a good challenge. Are we clipping the ticket? You know, are we getting something from it? Are we being like in the abundance of your trading? See, you know, Lucifer, he didn't allow things to flow through him. Now, you know, if you do something good, you know, some people go, you know, well, it wasn't me, it was all God, all God. You know, they get on this false humility thing. Now, here's the thing. If you do something good and God uses you in the way, the best thing that you can say is thank you. The best thing. But the important thing is, if you've been blessed in your life, is it's important for each and every one of us just to find a private space. And now, well, we're, we have some alone time. We sit down, we, do, we just go, God, yeah, this is not me, this is you. This is you. I worship you. I honor you. I don't hold on to this. 
You know, see, a lot of people can go, oh, you know, publicly, oh, it's not me, it's all God, and then, then privately go, man, man, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. You know, and thinking about, you know, the best thing publicly is just go, thank you. Now, here's the thing. If you worship God publicly but don't do privately, you have a reason to question your motive. Because are we doing it for people or are we doing it for God? And, and the challenge is to take every blessing that's been poured out to us and, and we've got to turn it to praise because when we don't turn it to praise, it turns to pride. And God opposes the proud. You know, as a church, man, God's blessing our church. But we're not the greatest church, not the best church. God's doing something in this place. Yeah, and we're very thankful. You know, a couple of weeks ends ago, 411 young people gave their heart to Jesus. Come on, that's off the charts. What God is doing right now is phenomenal. But it's all about Him. It's all about Him. And so Lucifer, he got kicked out of heaven. So, so they had the word covered, they had prayer covered, but worship, missing. Lucifer is going, wow, who's going to be your worship leader now? And guess what God does? He looks at the dirt. Forms it, go, there's my worship leader. There's my worship leader. There. That, if you didn't realize, that's you and I. Got out of the dirt, formed us out of the dirt. And then what did he do? He breathed in us. He breathed in us. Now, now, now here's the problem with Lucifer. He was beautiful, he was perfect. And all his confidence was in his in his beauty and in his perfection. We're, we're just dirt. And God says, hey, Lucifer, you know that dirt I created? That's going to crush your head. It's going to crush your head. And, 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 and what did God? God breathed into the dirt. Now, the problem in a lot of places is, is we don't realize, you know, there's a low dirt, but then there's the breath of God. The breath of God, you've got to understand. Where pride sits in is when we, we, we forget that, that we're just dirt. We carry treasure and it's in an earthen vessel. But in the end, it's the breath of God that makes a difference in our lives. Come on, you're hearing me right now. It's the breath of God that sets us apart. If anything good that's going on in our life is because of God's breath and God breathed into us. But we're just dirt. But we have a purpose. And our purpose is to bring worship and to bring honor and to bring praise to God. See, that's why, you know, then Satan here, what? Wind, string, percussion instruments, and you and I. Vocal cords, what are they? String instruments. Wind blows over them. That's how we make noise. Come on, percussion. Come on, clap your hands right now. Come on, you got percussion instruments. Let's see, out of those three things. 
Yeah, Lucifer. God had resisted him because of the pride. But he forms us to take that place. I really believe worship is going to be the key to us breaking through into just new levels. With humility comes hunger. How do you know if you're humble is you're hungry? You're hungry. You've just got a dependence. And it's hunger that releases the presence of God. Some people say, well, it's not my personality type. No, unexpressed love is not love. Unexpressed, when you love, you express it and, and something takes place. And I just believe God wants to bring us to a place where our eyes aren't on how we look. And our t- attention isn't on self or even the songs, but it's just on Him. You're worthy, God. You've blessed me so much. God, I thank you for the relationships in my world. I thank you. Lord, you provide for my needs. I thank you, God, for my health. I thank you, God, you've been my healer. I thank you, God. for the community I'm part of. I'm thanking God. I bless you. I give you honor. I give you praise. Lord, I need you. I thank you for the dream you placed to my heart. But God, I can't do this without you. I need you. I need you, God. I'm coming into this meeting. I've got this thing. I need your grace. I've got this interview. I've got this conversation I need to have, you know, with a friend. God, I need you. I, I need you, God, in this moment. God, I don't want to do this without you. I, you're more important than the air I breathe, God. God, I, I, I need you. Yeah, you know, women can be sometimes more expressive than, than men. And wish, I really believe we need to see the men released. That's why Stronger is going to be powerful. And, uh, you know, I want my kids seeing that I'm expressive in my worship to God. Some people say, well, that's not my personality. That's not the thing. Well, you know, how many know the most staunchest guys can become very soppy when they fall in love? You know, you talk to them and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They fall in love. Next minute, they're talking on the phone for a long time, and they're saying, no, you hang up, you hang up. I love you. You know, it's just, sweetie, all these things start coming out, and and it's love. And when when you're in love, it's like there's a change. And some of you go, well, that's that's not me. But when you're in love, things change. It's just... Yeah, you become more expressive. You add more words to your vocabulary. Yeah, you know, you do things that you once wouldn't do, and and that's when you love Jesus. You know, I just feel like some of us, you know, just even in our daily lives, but on a Sunday, just could become a little bit more expressive. Just go, God, you're worthy of, of, of all of my worship. I'm not going to you know, leave it at a football match. No, God, I'm going to give the best of my worship to you. Come on, you're worthy of the highest praise. Come on, how many believe that? 
Come on, is, is this word true? Is he the, 